Hey everybody, I am Stephanie Goss and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. Are you ready? Is your seatbelt on? You better buckle up because Andy and I are taking you on a ride to Camp Tough Love. That's right, we got a letter in the mailbag from a practice owner who is asking a question. There's, there's a backstory and we'll get into it, but the question is, how do I make a person an employee who doesn't cause us to lose money while still keeping them employed? Andy and I looked at this and said, there's really one answer to this question and it involves a trip to Camp Tough Love. <laughs> Let's go, shall we? And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and Stephanie, let's make it personal, guys. <laughs> it is personal this time. Uh, it's uh, personal. How's, how's it going, Andy? It's, uh, it's good. It's, uh, it's good. I'm questioning, <laughs> I'm questioning whether or not I'm a good person uh, right now. Oh, I, why? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, here, here's, here it is. I went, I went to the beach with the okay. family. Okay. All right. And I decided I was going to spend time on the beach. And so I carried a tent down to the beach okay. and my folding chair. And I set up my tent and I set up my folding chair and I sat down in the folding chair on the sand above the tide line, looking directly out at the beach. I didn't go swimming. I just sat in the chair, like meditating, staring straight forward into the ocean, right? Okay. And it was like nine o'clock in the morning and there was no one else on the beach. At the beach, okay. Yes. And then this old person came walking down and she was carrying a book and a folding chair. And she sat down right in front of me. Stop it. Like the whole beach is open and I am there sitting and she sat down right in front of me. And then her <laughs> husband came and I was like, he's, he like looked at me and then he set his chair down next to oh hers. Oh my gosh, like, no way. And it was like, <laughs> imagine going to the beach and sitting down to look directly in the ocean and two people come and sit down in front of you. It's like, it's, it's like if you went to the movie theater and you sat down and one other person who's seven feet tall mm-hmm. came in mm-hmm. and they took the chair directly right in, front in front of, of you. yours. And you're oh like, my gosh. and so I sat there staring at these people in front of the ocean. And I thought, what do I do? Like, do I? And, and I was really, I was upset. I was like, this cannot stand. And I had, I had a tent and everything. And so I went to them and I said, hey, you guys might not have noticed, but I was sitting, I'm sitting right there with this tent and I'm looking at the ocean and you guys kind of set up like directly in front of me. And I know you just have some folding chairs. And so, you know, if it would be okay, if you guys wouldn't mind moving a bit. And they looked at me like I had asked them to leave the beach. (laughs) And the woman says, well, wherever we go, we're going to be in front of somebody. And I said, there's no one else here. Like, look around. Right. It's, it's an empty beach. Right. And they didn't really respond. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I just thought I'd ask. Um, and they got up and they moved literally 10 feet and sat back down. Uh- <laughs> and then I sat there and I'm Awkward. like, Awkward. I know. And I'm like, am I a jerk? Like, because they looked at me like, what idiot asked people to move 
on the beach. Um, and then I kind of felt like maybe I'm ter- terrible. But like if I hadn't had a tent that I'd set up, then I would just move myself. But anyway, I I have wrestled with this for days. And yeah. I need to know. My wife comes down. And she sits down and I said, you see, there's people sitting 10 feet off uh-huh. to the side from directly in front of us. And I told her the story and she was like, you should have ignored them. <laughs> and I, 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 no. wanted her, I wanted her no. to say, good for you advocating for yourself. Right. Good for you standing up. Right. And just saying what you felt. Please, please, please move. <laughs> please move. Exactly. She said, you should have just ignored it. You could have oh turned my your, gosh. she's like, you could have turned <laughs> your chair slightly to the side and it would have been fine. And um, anyway, I, we, we need a, we need this. This reminds me of the, uh, am I the a-hole uh, yes. on, on Reddit? Like, <laughs> really, yes. I really want you to, I really want you to post. There. I asked these old people to move <laughs> because they sat directly in between me and the water. And again, uh, if I'd been swimming, that would have been one thing. Like, right. But I was literally sitting, sitting and looking yeah. at the beach. And some they people, walked up. Some people have no social awareness. And, yeah. and usually that person is me, which is why I'm so concerned <laughs> that I am wrong. I I don't think you're wrong. I would have done the same thing. And if they hadn't moved, then I would have said I would have gotten my stuff and I would have said, OK, you have a really nice day. And then I would have pointedly moved myself down and reset up my stuff very noisily. <laughs> to the side? <laughs> to the I, side. I, I, I should have taken my tent. And yes, moved and around big, them. Yes. And, and, made uh, and a big set production. up between them and the ocean. Yes. Just like a progressive <laughs> arms race towards the water. And I should have popped a tent in front of the two of them sitting there on oh, the beach looking gosh. at the water. That's so I funny. didn't. Okay. And, and then and then I saw them every day for the rest of the time I was at the beach. And I was like, oh. Oh. So yeah, you and I, right. you and I are on the same page. We're we're a, a lot alike. <laughs> Thank you. That makes me that because my wife is like, you should just ignore them. Why didn't you ignore them? And I'm like, because oh, I'm a warrior. That's why I'm not a warrior. Because you know, conflict in me. I love it. I'll, I'll fight with people. Oh gosh, so funny. Okay, so I am I'm excited about this one. Today's episode comes from the mailbag. Uh, yes. We had an, a message from a doctor who uh, is a practice owner and has a, a veterinary assistant um, who went to school to become a licensed technician, but uh, never uh, passed their boards. And they have so they have they have some education. They have sure. a strong skill set. They've been with the practice for for a long time. And the doctor was like, look, this is a really thorough, smart person. Um, I value okay. them as a member of the team. They have technical skills. They're they're wonderful at their job. However, they're a train wreck personally. And it bleeds into work almost every day. Everything from tardiness to just being preoccupied and being slow, struggling to get through mental mental fog. Um, and the doctor said, look, we've we've met numerous times and talked about this because it's progressively gotten worse. There's improvements that happen after we talk and then there's the backwards slide after a few weeks. Right. And so mm-hmm. 
they said, I've already done things to make it more equitable for the rest of the team because it impacts them. And so they've done things like cutting hours, uh, changing them to the later shift because they can't get there on time in the morning, uh, making them ineligible for bonuses, stuff like that. So they have done some things to try and make it seem more fair to the rest of the team. And this person is always still significantly impacting their peers. So they are always running behind. They are they are slow, especially on days when they're super foggy. Their peers are having to pick up and pick up their cases mm-hmm. and step in uh, so that we make sure that the client experience isn't impacted. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so this doctor was like, look, I feel for them. I feel for their personal life and their home life situation. Clearly, this is something that has is impacting them. And I do feel like this person, both technically and personal wise, has a lot to offer us and our team. And I'm really, really struggling with with what to do because I feel like this person is also a liability and they're losing us money because they're slow (laughs) and I'm paying two people to do the work that it should take one person to do. And they're like, you know, I'm I'm in an area where, like everybody else, we need we need more people. We don't have people beating down our door. And so I feel like I'm kind of stuck in this situation. And so they were just like, look, what do I do with this train wreck? Okay. And I yep. was like, ooh, can't wait to talk about this one with Andy. <laughs> yeah. This is a problem that veterinarians would have. You know, like, I love broken creatures and my heart fills my entire chest. Yeah, I get it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said that because also when I read this, I was thinking, oh God, this might be the episode that we do that more people go, are they talking about my price? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's broken. I can save it. Yep. Um, okay. All right. This I, is going to be a I fun love, one. <laughs> I, I love, I love my people. I love veterinarians. I do. But bless, bless we, their, bless their bless, hearts. Bless our hearts. Um, I, again, I say this from a place of compassion. Yes. Uh, sometimes compassion, it gets you in trouble in case you haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I don't, I'm not trying to make fun of this, um, but it just, it's, this is such a veterinarian problem to have. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I, I, I love it. Um, all right. That's fine. We can, we can fix this. Um, we can fix this. All right. Uh, um, so okay. Here, so here we go. Where do we, where do we start? From the tough love camp. That's where we start. Camp tough love. Camp tough love. Let's, hey, let's get on the bus. Everybody <laughs> on the bus. We're field trip out of camp tough love. <laughs> Um, I think this is a summertime bit that we should keep going for good. Like Camp Tough Love Camp with Tough Andy Love and Stephanie. with Andy and Stephanie. Let's All do right. it. Camp I Tough love, love it Here we go. so much. All right. Uh, Camp Tough Love. Uh, we we start with Headspace and then we sing our camp song. Uh, but let's do let's do Headspace while I think of a camp song. All right. Headspace. Okay. You. Okay. All right. Deep breath. All right. You cannot make this personal. Uh, you you are their yes. boss. You are their boss, and their personal life is not your. Don't take this the wrong way. It's not their. It's not your problem, mm-hmm. right? And I don't mean that as you guys know me. I'm not a jerk. I care about people. I really yes. care about people, and the people who work for me, I care about greatly. Yes, but I'm I'm not their therapist, and I'm right. not their parent, and they don't want me to be those things. They are grown ass people. <laughs> Most you know what I mean? Yeah. Most most <laughs> of them. Yes. You know what I mean? And. I, I just, this is a personal boundary thing for me. I am not your parent and I can't, 
I can't fix your personal life. I can't. It's beyond my reach. It's beyond my power. Yes. Okay. I can give you a good place to work. I can do everything in my power to make a positive work culture. I can do everything I can to try to make this an enjoyable place to be. I can stop the clients from being abusive to you. I can do everything I can to compensate you well, to make sure that you're treated fairly, to make sure you're considered for opportunities and advancements and bonuses. I can try to make this a fun rewarding place to be. I can try to make sure that you get recognition for the work that you do in our clinic and that you feel appreciated. I can do all of those things. Right. I cannot fix your personal life, period, full stop. Mm -hmm. And so getting into that headspace of these are the things that I can do and I know what I can do and I know the things that I can't do. I, this cannot be personal. I cannot save this person as an individual. Their personal life has to be their business. All I can do is take care of the person when they're in the building. And when I talk to this person, it has to be about their life in the building and it has to be about the work, right? Everybody has a personal life. We all have personal lives, right? There are quiet people in your practice that are carrying burdens you would not believe. And they just don't talk about it. Yes. And they don't let it affect their lives. Now, another thing to be important about here is I am not being critical of this person who's struggling in their personal life, right? Right. Yes. I went through a period of depression a number of years ago. And let me tell you, it sucks. One star would not recommend, right? (laughs) It's been years. But I've never forgotten, like, it really freaking sucked. Yes. And so there are times that people have heavy burdens and they carry them and, and they're awful. And so this is not a moral judgment. This is not me saying this person's worthless. They're terrible. It's just me saying this is a burden they have to carry and I can only support them inside the confines of this job yes. and the work that they do here and the support that we're allowed, uh, we're allowed and able to offer to our employees. And so don't think that I'm being negative on the person. I'm really not. I'm being very empathetic to that person. I can be very empathetic and still say this relationship doesn't work. We've probably, many of us have probably dated people who we empathized with them and we cared about them, but it was not meant to be. And I didn't want to be in this relationship. Stephanie's laughing real hard. Do you want to tell us about, about, (laughs) no, no, shaking. Nope. Okay. Uh, that's a bit that will not be on. <laughs> that's, a, that's an uncharted after dark. That's uh, a, <laughs> gotcha. Um, no, I, gotcha. I, I am totally. We are we are on the same camp bus together here. Like, yep. and the the other thing I think about about not making it personal is that not taking it personally and not making it personal is that I can't control anything that happens nope. in their personal life. I can't right. control them as a person. I can't control their home life. I can't control any of the circumstances. I can have all the empathy in the world. I have zero control over that. And Correct. so from a headspace perspective, the, the, the only place that you should go as a leader is to think about what do I have control over? And the answer to that is it is about work. If you make it about the work and you do not make it personal and you look at what is in your control, you can control, like you said, the work environment, you can control the rules, the boundaries, the consequences, all of those things are within your control as the leader of practice, but I cannot control anything outside of work. And so you have got to figure out how to separate those two things. And like you said, spot on, you can do it empathetically. You can do it with compassion. You can do it with kindness. 
and it doesn't mean that you can skip this step. <laughs> like this, this is where we're taking the bus straight to Camp Tough Love. Like you cannot skip this step. Right, totally. I, and, and I want to add to what you said too about, about control because I think this is important. But on the way to Camp Tough Love, we need to talk about the fact that not only do you not have any control over this person's personal life, but you do take liability on just knowing things. Yes. Right? Yes. If, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? You could yes. end up being uh, tied up in divorce hearings yes. for what yes. this piece, person told to you. Yes. Or, you know, who knows where this goes? Yes. And it's like, oh, this person talked about it with work. And, and the, you know, like, I don't want any part of any of this. That, that's beyond my responsibilities. It's, it's not fair to ask me to participate in these things. I don't have any control over what the people do in their home lives. And I don't want the responsibility of knowing what's going on. Yep. And um, it's the reason a lot of us have stopped being on social media or, um, or, or friending our employees right. on social yes. media. It's like, I don't want to know. Yes. I, you know, like yes. I just, <laughs> it's just better if I don't know. And I am okay with that in that I do want to know what you do at work. Right. And I care about what you do in work and what your performance is like at work. And so yes. it's really a very clean relationship for me to say, I care about you. I want to take care of you inside the confines of work. I'm going to do all the things I can to, yes. to support you, as I said before. Um, I, I don't know what you do after hours. And that doesn't affect our relationship. And that's not what our relationship is built on. Yes. And it's I don't say that because I'm a jerk. I don't say that because I don't care because I, very, I would tell you I very much do care um, about the person. But it's just it's the safest thing for me. Um, it. Uh, it is wildly frustrating to me to not have any control and to continue to be negatively impacted by these things. Um, and at some point, again, all of this is is on a spectrum too. If I have someone who I work with and I've worked with them for years and they are wonderful and they have never had any sort of problems or personal things and they come to me with a personal issue, I'm going to sit down and listen to them and support them right. because we have a long history together and this is the only time this has ever happened that right. I want to be, I care about this person. I want to be a good friend. It's different when you go, this is again and again and again and again. And it's yeah. not a one-time thing. This is the this is the way this person is behaving and, and operating. I cannot be involved in it. Yes. And so that's that's a big part of that's a big part of headspace for me, is yes. is all about that stuff. Yeah. I, oh, I was gonna say, I I think the other big piece for me is you know, you and I talk about assuming good intent, and that is really mm -hmm. important here. I think yeah. you you said something that was really, really important, which is um, I don't remember how you how you said it just now, but you said uh, basically like everybody handles their life differently. Right. Sure. And so yep. we we have to assume that they are doing the best that they can with what they have at, 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 within their reach. And so our job is to acknowledge that, to make that assumption and, and carry out that assumption through our interactions with them, because our job is to help them navigate at work. And so if we are assuming that they are doing the best that we poss that they possibly can, and we are doing our job, then it becomes significantly easier to actually handle this. And this is where a lot of us, myself included, struggle as leaders because I I will tell you I can't I can't tell how how often um the mentality is not one of assuming good intent and it's yep. just like you know god if they you know if they could only get their their you know shit together if they cared about their job like why wouldn't they why wouldn't they fix this that is that is not assuming 
good intent or thinking positively. It's not, but it's a hundred percent understandable. Yes, uh, so, totally. Just because, yes, absolutely. How many? Like, think about what this what this writer has said. They're like, we 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 changed the schedule because they yes. couldn't get her on time. Yes. We have, you know, we have done these things. They yes. still make mistakes. They have to be looked after and, and they've been removed from calculating bonuses. And it's like yes. the amount of lift yes. that has been made yes. just to make this person, I don't know, in some way able to stay involved in this, Yes, I would say. And then, and then the person continues to have issues. How do you not get angry? Yes. Like, I'm yes. sorry, I would be uh, and again, that's why I said Camp Tough Love is like, yes. uh, you, you, dear writer, have the patience of Joe. Yeah. Uh, in, in my, I never would have made it this far. Yes. I just, oh, I yeah. just been like, some, I, I mean, five, like, five I years, can't. five years, yeah. no, like that I, does I just, impressive. Exactly right. And so to Stephanie's point, you shouldn't assume good intent. I also understand how hard that would be because at some point it gets hard. People ask all the time. It's funny. You know, we'll talk about assuming good intent and the people always come up and say, Andy, how do you assume good intent over and over and <laughs> over again in the same person? And I go, that my friend is a fair question. And that is much more challenging. Uh -huh. And so I a hundred percent, I do want to give grace to people who would struggle to assume good intent. That is what we need to do but also feel seen if you go, oh my God, that's really hard, uh -huh. right? I, I want to clarify what the job is as well. And, and you and I have talked about this before, and here's the uncharted philosophy on management and leadership. Your job is not to make this person happy. Your job is not to keep this person on the team. Your job is not to do whatever the clients want. Right. Your job, my friend, is to balance the needs of the clients and the staff and the doctors and the management and the owner, uh, you know, corporate team or whatever. Yep. And you, you are a juggler, you are a balancer. Right. And you need to maintain that balance. And so yes. headspace is, do you think that everything is in balance based on what we've been told? You know, are, are we balancing the needs of the individual assistant slash technician? Are we balancing the needs of the rest of the paraprofessionals? Are right. we balancing the needs of the doctors who are working with this person? Are we balancing the needs of the pet owners right. who are waiting extended periods right. of time and who are suffering from mistakes being made? Right. I would say I'm not convinced those things are in balance. Yes. And the again, I think. I think a lot of managers think they need to fix all the problems. And I would say that is impossible. Yes. There are mutually exclusive problems where if you fix them for one person, you make them worse for another person. And that's just life. That's compromise. Yes. That's not being all things to all people. Yes. And you can't be all things to all people. No. And so balance is the key. And are you are you achieving balance? And the last thing I, I always say when we get to, uh, we the, the gates to Camp Tough Love have yes. a, um, they have an inscription across <laughs> the top of the gates. And as the doors swing in and our uh, fun bus rolls into Camp Tough Love, the gates, the inscription across the top says, abandon all hope. It does not. It says, what is kind is what it says. The inscription over the gates to Camp uh, Tough Love says, what is kind? What I mean by that is, what is kind to the staff, to the doctors, to the management, and to the individual? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure that we've been kind to the staff, the doctors, the clients. I think we've been very kind to the person who's struggling with yes. personal problems. I'm not convinced that we have been kind to the people who need to put up with this. And at yes. some point, we need to go back to balance and saying, yes. where is the greatest 
total net kindness. And it may very well be going on without this Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, I think that's probably where we're going. <laughs> uh, yeah, the 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 tough love buzz has uh, has arrived. I I would agree with that. Do you uh, think that we should uh, make a make a stop here on the bus and then <laughs> and then let's figure gas out, up. Let's gas up. Let's gas up because because this is going to be a action action packed ride here to the end. <laughs> oh, I can I can feel it coming. There's going to be a there's going to be a cookout. We're going to make crafts. <laughs> Andy's going to sing the camp song for us. We are. We're, <laughs> we're all going to. We're, we're rolling on to Camp Tough yeah, Love. <laughs> that's exactly it. I'm going to frantically write the Tough Love camp song. Let's, okay. let's take a break so you can do that. <laughs> hey, Stephanie Goss, you got a second to talk about Guardian Vets? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Man, I uh, I hear from people all the time that are overwhelmed because the phones never stop ringing. Um, And I'm sure you you hear from these people as well. You know, like our caseload is blowing up and the doctors are busy and uh, the phones just don't stop. They never stop. (laughs) That is a true story. I'm amazed by how how few veterinarians know about Guardian Vets. This is a service where you have uh, registered technicians uh, who can jump in virtually and help you on the phones. You can flip the switch and uh, Guardian Vets can jump in and take some of the load off the front desk and they can handle your clients and get them booked for your appointments and give them support. And it really is a godsend. Pre-pandemic, it was amazing to me how many people hadn't heard about it for after hours call help. But at this point, I can't believe how many people don't realize that they are offering help during the daytime as well, which I would think right now is a huge benefit to practices because everybody is shorthanded. Everybody is drowning in phone calls. And so we talk about it. We've talked about Guardian Vets a lot on the podcast. And every time we do, we always get somebody who says, what is that? <laughs> Guys, if you're not familiar with Guardian Vets, if you think that you could use some help on the uh, on the phones or up the front desk, check them out. It's guardianvets.com. And uh, if you mention our podcast, me and Stephanie Goss, uh, you get a month free. So check it out, guardianvets.com. All right, we are back. Uh, we are back. We've taken a break and I have frantically written the Camp Tough Love <laughs> camp song. Can't wait. Which we can sing now or at the end of the episode. I think we'll sing it at the end of the episode. The end of the episode. Uh, okay. Okay. I like yeah. it. All right. All right. So we've uh, we've gassed up and we're uh, we're we're ready to go because we, we've we've got to um, stop being the wonderful, kind hearted veterinary community that we are and stop looking at people like oh a pretty yeah, broken thing i can fix i know I, I, and, I, and i say that and i'll and i'll jest but the truth is that we are a kind-hearted community yes. and we're going to be a kind-hearted community I, I was i was talking so i took my daughter i think i told you um i, I said i think on the last episode i talked about um yes taking my daughter to the clinic and and everything died uh and she was there <laughs> And I, I, so I, spoke to my, I spoke to my father, who's a retired surgeon, because he asked me about it. And right. I said, you know, I took Jacqueline <laughs> and, and everything died. And um, I worry that she's going to be a bit too kind hearted for this job. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, you know, I've seen a lot of physicians trained over the years. And he said, it's always been my impression that you can teach people to be professional but you can't teach them to be kind. Mm-hmm. And so True story. hire a kind person and teach them to be professional because you can't train a professional person to be kind necessarily. Yep. 
and and I and I thought a lot about that, and I think there's truth to it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that veterinarians are big-hearted people, and our and our culture is big-hearted. Yes, I think that we can still be big-hearted, and we can learn some professional boundaries, right, to take yeah. care of ourselves. For for me, it helps to believe not that I'm not being kind. It helps me to recognize that I am being more kind to the whole group by taking care of the rest of the staff and the clients and and our team as a whole. And so I don't believe in withholding kindness. I believe in looking at what course takes the greatest kindness. And um, sometimes the most kind thing you can do for the group feels unkind to an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, those are the those are the choices we have to make as leaders. Because the job's about balance. I right. I agree with you. I so for me, our action plan starts with kindness. Actually, which is look, we we care about these people. So the first thing that we have to do when we have someone who is having challenges. Um, on a personal level that are impacting their work is that we have to we have to provide kindness and distance. So the first the first step of this is we have to connect them with resources. So I feel like sometimes you and I feel like broken records, but yeah. there has to be an employee assistance program in place. There has to be some sort of resources, whether you employ a local um, therapist to provide services to your team, whether you use a, uh, an actual employee assistance program, there has to be the ability for your team to have access to resources because your job as as the practice leader, you, you are, uh, if you don't work at a big corporation that has an actual HR department, your job as as HR is to remove as many of the stressors and barriers as possible for your team when they are at work. And this is not about flaking out, is not about not holding them accountable. This is about building trust and following through with them and asking them things like, is there anything that you need? Is there anything that I can do as your boss to help you feel your best and do your best at work? Like, what can I do for you on a personal level that is going to help support you here at work because the second piece of that is do not be a therapist it is yeah. it is not your job remove yourself from that that situation you want to be aware you want to be kind you want to be brief and most of us forget that third part most of us lean too much into the kindness and too much into the awareness and we know far more detail wise about our team's personal lives than we should and this is where I want to ask them that question. I want to ask, is there anything that, that I can do? I want to ask, how how what are, what's going on? How are you mm-hmm. doing? I'm concerned about you. I've noticed some changes and I'm worried what's happening. And yep. then you want to keep that period where they share with you brief. And, and so that's where a lot of us struggle because a lot of the times we spend more time with our team at work than often we do at, at home with our families. And so when somebody on my team that I've worked with for an extended period of time that I care about starts pouring out their heart, it is really hard for me to pump the brakes and put the, you know, <laughs> hit the brakes at the stop sign and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. I want to I want to hear all this. I want to support you, but I, but I, I can't. Um, like that is a really hard move for most of us to make. And so too often we lean away from the brevity here and we lean into letting them spill out on us. And the best thing that we can do is say, this sounds like a lot and I want to support you. And 
the best way for me to support you is to get you some professional resources. So let's talk about what I can can do. You know, can I can I provide you with therapy services? Can I refer you to an EAP? Can I refer you to an attorney if they're having, you know, uh, challenges on their personal life and they they need legal help? Like, what are the what are those resources? Um, because it's not your job to to be yeah. their therapist, and that's where the kind hearted, loving, amazingly wonderful community that we are. That's where it bites us in the ass every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, you know, here, here's the truth about boundaries. Um, often, maybe even most of the time, setting boundaries is not about saying no. It's about uh, clearly describing what you're willing to say yes to. Yes, and those are different things. Yes. Um, when a client uh, needs handholding, which some clients really do, I want that client to feel like they have access to me within the boundaries that we have set out, meaning you can leave messages and I'll, re- I'll respond to you. Uh, I've introduced you to my technician who is a wonderful point of contact and who will be in touch with me and can answer your questions. And, and she's here on the days that I'm not here, um, you know, and, and I will call you first thing when I get back in, things like that. I don't say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not available after 6 p.m. and you can't call me on the weekends. I tell you right. when, when, I, when I can right. talk to you. Yeah. This, the same thing is true here. I don't want to say, look, stop. I, I don't want to be involved in your personal life. Right. Um, or or I, I'm not able to help you in your personal life. Um, I want you to get help in your personal life and I want to be supportive of you. And here is how I can do that. Yep. And I put them into our better help program, into right. our EAP, into whatever. Here are the resources that we have. And then I can give them those resources, but I'm not trying to be those resources. And, and that's just that's just boundary setting. And I think a lot of us need to do that and set those boundaries uh, when it comes to our employees' personal lives. And again, like we do uh, for for the Uncharted team, we have we have BetterHelp as part of our employment package, and it's just something that we do. And it's it's because I want people to use it when they need it. It's something you know something that's there that um that I I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I care, and yeah. also because I'm not a I'm not a therapist, and, and I want to be supportive. But at the same time, I also I don't want to be involved in in these types of personal issues as our team continues to grow. It's just not feasible and possible. Right. And so, right. a, a lot of this is um, in order to have boundaries, you have to have alternate routes to support yes. people. Yes. And I, I really think that that's the trick that people miss. You need to be able to say, here's what I can do for you. And then you need to give it to them. And then you need to be ready to move on because you said, this is the outlet for support for your for your stuff. And now let's talk about getting back on track with, you know, with the caseload that we have. And I'm not, not that abruptly, but you get my point as far as um, at some point, I'm going to provide you with the resources to do with, as you will, and I want you to use them and I'll encourage you to use them. But beyond that, again, that's this is this is not my job um, when it comes to balancing someone's personal life. And I don't want it to be my job. And and I think this is where uh, this is where the wheels fall off for a lot of people, because we get sucked into the empathy and the compassion that our field possesses in spades. Mm-hmm. And we see people on our team hurting and we hear pieces, whether we're hearing it directly from the person or from the team. And we have we have empathy and we have kindness and we care and we want to help support them. And the second piece of this, like it can't just be here's some resources, get some help, 
right? This is where too many of us, myself, I, I've made this mistake repeatedly. Um, so I am, I'm right there with you. And we have to learn how to overcome this. And it, and it is very hard. I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. It's one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn as a, a manager, but one of the most important, which is it, you have to continue driving the bus forward. There has right. to be, you have to connect them with the resources. There has to be the conversation about how you can support them. And then you have to continue rolling forward because you have to make it clear to them that what is going on at work is the work. And so you can talk about yeah. it in the lens of behaviors and specifics that are attached to their personal life that are impacting their work, but you could not make it about their personal life. So for what I mean by that, for example, is if I have someone who is who this person is struggling and they're consistently late and they, mm -hmm. they cannot get there on time, it is absolutely okay for me to tell them I cannot have someone on the team who is consistently late this frequently. Mm -hmm. I understand that there are circumstances that that may totally be outside of your control on your personal life side that is impacting that. This is a boundary for the team as a whole. This is where you lean into that balance part and you have to have the accountability and the follow-up conversation. Um, and that's where a lot of us shy away because we don't like conflict, we we lean in too much to the compassion and the empathy and the kindness. And we forget that we have to keep the wheels rolling and we have to address, We this is where camp tough love, mm -hmm. we have to have the conversation and we have yeah. to talk about how do we, how do we hold them accountable? And look, the reality is from it, from an HR perspective, sometimes this was the case for, for me on a personal uh, level. I, since you and I have worked together, went through a period of time where uh, had some things happening uh, in my personal life that were hugely impactful to me. And it impacted my ability to show up at work with a clear head dramatically. But one of the kindest things that you did as a boss was to say to me, I need you to focus on these things that have to do with work and I'm going to support you and I am here for you. And I, you know, like you, you did all of the things to make me feel good on a personal level. And sometimes the kindest thing that we can do for that person is asking them, Hey, this is what I need from you when you're here. Mm -hmm. Be really, really clear about what you need and how you need it and asking them to focus. For me, that was a lifeline that work was the only place at that point in time in my life where I felt like I had any measure of control. Mm -hmm. And so being asked to focus and be intentional about what I was doing was was very much a positive thing and a lifeline for me to be able to say, here is here is an outlet, here is a place where I can, I know what is expected of me. I know what the the rules are. I know what the guardrails are. And it was a very, very positive thing. And I think too often as leaders, a lot of us, don't go there and don't mm -hmm. lean into that because we're afraid that we're going to add more stress and more pressure to them by saying, I need you to focus. This is what I need you, you know, when you're at work, like this is the job and I need you to do it. And the reality is that a lot of times, a lot of times when people are going through high stress situations, they as humans, it is in our nature to lean into what are the things that we can control. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, especially as unpredictable as veterinary medicine is, and as much as we don't know what is going to walk in the door every day, there is great predictability 
in the yeah. work that we do and just focusing on the next patient that is in front of us and those those tasks over and over again. And so that is where I think we really have to, um, you know, we have to lean into that and we have to do our jobs and make it clear to them that what is happening here at work is about work. It's not about your personal life can impact. The personal life can certainly have an impact. And you can talk specifically about that if you give them specific, clear, concrete examples like the last two weeks, you've been Mm -hmm. late, you know, 15 minutes late every single day. And I've had to start my rooms by myself. And then this impacts the rest of the team and the rest of the schedule in this way, right? Like that's a perfectly acceptable way to lay it out for them because it may maybe something in their personal life that is impacting Mm -hmm. that, but it's not about them as a person. It's not about the situation with their life. It's about what is happening here in this building at work. Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. You know, I I really think that, and we use the metaphor a lot where uh, your, your work, your, your job is a relationship in my mind. Yeah. And so the manager employee relationship, I think, I think having clear expectations in a relationship is really important. And I think both people should be able to say to each other, this is what I need. Yeah. This is what I need in, in this relationship. And, and that goes both ways. The employees should be able to say, this is what I need. I need I need a, a known job schedule, like a, a known work schedule. And I need reliable compensation. And I need to be able to see myself advancing in the future. Whatever their needs are, yep. they should be able to say that. And the employers should be able to hear what their needs are. And, and so it's the same thing here. When we have this employee, our, our writer... Um, what are your needs? And you need to be able to communicate them. And what, what bothers me a little bit about this and why I say we're going to Camp Tough Love is what is required to be on this team? Yeah. To, to me, it doesn't sound like anything. It's like, <laughs> oh, you can't show up. That's okay. We'll change the schedule. Uh, you make mistakes. It's okay. We'll have somebody check your work. Um, bad attitude. It's all right. We'll just take you off the phones. Like, there is no requirement to be on the team from what from what I can tell from this, from this brief writing. Bless their hearts. Exactly right. And it's because they're so they're so kind and wonderful and they're caring. I, you have got to decide what it means to be on your team. And then yes. you have to look at the person in the eyes and say, I understand you're struggling. I want to support you. And here are some options that we have to support you through work. Yes. When you're here at work, these are the things that I need that I need. This yes. is what I need. Yes. And, and it's and it's non-negotiable. Yes. And the, the big thing that I that I want to that I, I kind of come back to on this is, is, you know, the writer says, you know, it's really hard to find people, you know, and that and that, yes. that's a real challenge. And they say, you know what, that would be a hardship letting this person go. But let me ask you, what is the hardship of keeping this person? How are other people being impacted by this yes. person continuing to be on your team? Um, I promise you there is there is an impact that is actively happening right now in that regard. I'm not convinced it would be it would be worse than I'm not convinced that what's happening now is better than if that person was not there. Yes, because think about it. What is the impact of uh, you're so spot on? Like, what is the impact of letting this one person go? Right. Like, that's what we that's what we focus on. I would challenge all of you to think about what would be the impact if two more of your team left because they couldn't deal with it anymore. Now now you're not short one person. Now you're short two people and you still have all of the problems that come along with this person. And so, you know, this is where what is kind is so important. And and what we talked about before that, which is your job is balance. It is your job as the leader to think about how do I balance these things out? And sometimes the kindest thing and the most balanced thing is to take care of the team as the whole yeah. and look at the expectations for the team as a whole and say, okay, it's time to call a spade a spade. The other five members of this team or 10 members of this team or whatever are working together 
no, and we're not having these problems, there is a common denominator here. And the kindness is to say, these are the standards. Like these are the things that you are not doing. These are the expectations I have. These are the ones that are not being met. Here's how, here's why, giving concrete examples. And then having the conversation with them about like, look, you're not measured at work by your personal life. I don't care about your personal life. There is no judgment from me. There is no, there is no impact from our perspective of your personal life, except for you have got to be able to do the work. And if there are things that are impacting you that are keeping you from doing the work, that is what I need to know because I need to help you make a decision. And the decision may be, that this is not the right time and the right place for you. Mm-hmm. And so often that's the giant elephant in the room yeah. that that nobody wants to that nobody wants to say. And I get asked that question a lot because I one of the things that I I, I am not a kind of person who brags. Um I Andy will Andy will attest to it's this. I, yeah. I hate the attention. I don't I I blush profusely if you ask me to tell you things that I do well and I'm tomato red as I'm about to say this. But one of the things that I have always done really well uh, in my personal life and in my professional life is is be kind. And I have have had the ability to navigate those conver- those hard conversations and have repeatedly had conversations with team members where I have looked at them and said, because I care about you, mm-hmm. I, I think, and I, you, we could discuss this, but I think the best thing for you is not to not hear like this yeah. place, this job, the role, the the environment, whatever it is, is not a fit for you right now. And I want to help you be in a better place because because yeah. right here, right now, that is that is not happening. And I have had that conversation and have had the tears and even sometimes like the unexpected anger or other emotional response that comes from recognizing that and working through that. And I also will say that the reason that I the reason that I feel good about it and know that it is something that I do really well is because I have managed to retain relationships with the majority of those people that I have had conversations with. And in fact, have had some of them come back to me and say to me afterwards in the moment, like at that time, I, yeah. I was pissed. I hated you. I was so angry. Mm-hmm. And sure. looking back now with the perspective that I have, it was the right decision. And, and I appreciated you being honest enough to say like, look, this is a, this is something we should talk about because you Mm -hmm. are, you're really struggling here. And I don't want to see you struggle because I care about you um, as a person. And that is the, that is the hardest thing to do. And I get asked a lot, like, how, how do you do that? And I will tell you guys, like, there's no, there's no magic bullet. There's no recipe. Like I'm not more innately good at it than, than anyone else. It just comes from practice and leaning into the, it is uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable. Like my palms still sweat every time I have to have one of those conversations. And this is where, you know, we're we're sitting in front of the campfire at Camp Self Love because the reality is it's never going to get easier. It's never going to be easy. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you can't that you can avoid it because right. because you can't. And I will tell you that if you do bury your head in the sand and you avoid it and you keep to and bless their hearts for this practice owner who has tried all of these things. And I'm just like, man, you have hung in there for so long. And for a lot of people, they're like, I feel like I'm giving up on this person. And it is not about giving up. Yeah, It is about being kind and being supportive of them, even if that means that the best place for them is not on 
your team yeah. because it's, the kindest thing is to take care of the rest of your team. Yeah, it, it's the sunk cost fallacy. It's like we've worked so hard to keep this person yes. here for so long. If we go now, it'll all be a loss. Yes. And you go, look, if this person walked in the door right now and asked you to hire him, uh, would you do it? The answer is hell <laughs> no. no. The, the, the other question, uh, yeah, it's trivia night at Camp Tough Love. no. Yeah. Trivia night at Camp Trust Love. Would you rehire this person right now today? No. Um, how would you feel if you were on a team where um, there was a person who, no matter what they what drama they brought, was never let go? They were just moved around and schedule changed and protected again and again and again. Yeah. Would you want to be on a team where that was how things worked? The answer is no. High-performing teams want to have high-performing people. Yes. And at some point, they want to believe that people get cut if they yes. don't perform. Because I don't want to be on a team where you cannot be a big enough distraction that you get removed from our team. Like, no matter what, we'll keep you here. I go, ugh, that sounds like a lifetime of headaches for me. Yeah. Um, as the person who is really, you know, conscious about getting their work done. And so, anyway, I, I get back to balance for the last time. Uh, that's all I got. Have you got anything else? Yeah, no. So, I think the, for me, where we end is this, uh, our practice owner asked, like, how do I make this person an employee that <laughs> doesn't, lose this money and keep them employed. And and I would say that ah. that that this whole episode has been a soapbox by you and I saying that 99% of the time the answer is you you can't. You don't right? have the power. You yeah, don't, you have, don't the power. have the power to do it's that. It's not it's not in your control. And I will also tell you that as a manager I have had I have had the tough love conversation um and and people can change and sometimes mm -hmm. it is being kind and being open and honest about the impact that someone's someone's behaviors are having on work and focusing truly on what is in their control and what is in your control about the work environment. Sometimes having that conversation is enough and the person can actually change. And so I won't say that this person can't become that employee, but will I what I will say is you can't make that happen. Correct. Your job is to make the conversation happen and then have an actual action plan and a timeline mm -hmm. for what that change has to look like. And it cannot be another five years, it cannot be nope. another 10 years. Like we're talking 30, about have the 30 conversation days. Yeah. 30 days like this is. And if you make the 30 day mark, what does the next 30 days look like? It's like yep. it. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's, you know, take it one day at a time. And when you get through that day, it's the next day. And it's the same kind of thing with with someone who has long term challenges like this. You have got to set clear expectations and a short time period and then make a plan for what does the next follow up look like. And so I think it's not all without hope. Like I think you you can change. Um, you can help the environment change for this person. And so I would say to our writer, like, if you have not had that very clear, very kind, what can I do to support you? Because here are the expectations. And if you cannot start meeting those expectations, we are going to have to talk about change. If you have not had that conversation, I would 100% have that conversation. But yeah. you cannot control whether they become, uh, whether you can keep them employed. That is yeah, within their 100%. control. You, you cannot fix their, their personal life. Yes. There's nope, nope, yes. can't, nope, don't <laughs> let it go. All, all you can do, if you really want to keep this person and you want to fight to the end, you can go to this person, as Stephanie said, and you can tell them what 
what you need for them to continue to be part of the team. And you can mean it. And you can give them 30 days to get on board. And there cannot, and there has to be a radical change. And then that that will have to continue. Yes. Um, And and if we start slipping back into this, um, you know, we're going to have to end this relationship. This cannot, it can't be a quick correction and then back. But there needs to be a 30 day, a 60 day and a 90 day check in to see to see where we are and you're going to have to be serious about hey look i like you i want you to be here this is what i need from you you either going to have to step up and get focused and deliver when you're here at work or you're going to need to go need to go somewhere else because we can't continue to to carry uh to carry you here and that doesn't mean i don't like you i do like you and i want you to be here but you're going to have to want to change and you're going to have to make that change and so we got to do that and with that friends it's time to sing our Camp our Tough camp Love, song? our camp song. Yes. Let's um, do it. Well, it's Camp Tough Love, like drinking dish suds. See the creation of a termination. Get ready for a safe talk. You might need a stress walk. That's what we do at Camp Tough Love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. you you're getting a... a standing ovation from all of the listeners that was right amazing thank you it was uh (laughs) we had literally 45 seconds during our break and that's that's what i got um i love it so much kelsey beth carpenter needs to make our musical dreams uh come true with that one i honestly had that thought as well i was like what if we got kelsey to do this and then we would just drop it into episodes that would be amazing and now it's time to go to camp tough love and then and then the song comes on oh my god this is the beginning of something magical on the uncharted podcast if only we had access to kelsey beth carpenter and a recording budget that would allow for such ridiculousness. If only. Uh, and, and, yeah, if, if only. only. So, all right. <laughs> Have a wonderful week, friends. See we will, you guys. We'll see you again at Camp Tough Love, I am we'll sure. See. That's right. Al, you old people, get out of the way. Move down the beach. You can't sit in front of Camp Tough Love. <laughs> Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.